I knew I wanted to do some kind of music because I feel like I would be miserable if I did anything else. This is Champagne is also a band podcast. One songwriter, one song. I'm Sven, your host for a journey into the music of Champaign-Urbana. Recorded in the Blue Box studio with a songwriter from the Champaign-Urbana music scene, past or present. Welcome to Champagne is Also a Band podcast. This is Sven, and I am here with Zoe Willot. And you may know Zoe from out out on the town as the uh, Zoe Willot Trio, which is it is it a piano? It's like a, it's like a jazz trio. Yeah, jazz trio. Excellent. Yeah. Her current project, which is Zizo, yes. and we're going to be listening to the song "Steal the Show." off her album telling other people's stories so zoe although everybody got to hear you welcome to the show thank you awesome so um i guess without further ado let's listen to the song and then we'll talk about it
Okay. So let's let's dig in. Okay. That's that's a good. I think that works, yeah, right? That, yeah. Okay. That definitely works. Yeah. Awesome. My favorite first question is: Did this song start off as lyrics, a melody, or did you have something on that that you had put out on the piano that you had played? Actually, okay. So I feel like a lot of this album was like each song was kind of inspired by a different song that i was listening to at that mm. time and this one was pretty heavily influenced by space song by beach house i don't oh. know if you've heard the song but um so it had this very like i don't want to say that it was like flat because it's not i mean i feel like flat's a bad word to describe it but it's a very like calm vibe the whole way through and yeah. I wanted something that was like that, that had something that continued the whole way through. So I had this, like, fake organ patch on Logic, and I was like, okay, let's think of, like, what I could play that could go through the whole song and just fit. So I played, like, a fourth on the organ, mm-hmm. and I was like, all right, that works. So then I just kind of, like, built it around that. I got the beat going and the little, like, guitar, like, do, 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 you know. That's that fourth that fades in at the very beginning, right? Yes. You know, just like, and then fades out at the end yeah because so, it, it does actually continue all the way through well it changes that sound pretty much goes through the entire song right um, so you've got like pads go you know the, the yeah. these fourth pads kind of going through there yeah how did this develop from that fourth into you had that sound and then you wanted to build words upon it or did you did you have the intention of using those words with that sound I'm, not, or did it just manage to just fit? And you were I think like, it oh, just kind of fit, yeah. Because like, huh. I feel like every song is different. Like sometimes I start with lyrics, sometimes I start with chords or whatever. Sometimes I start with a beat. Like, it just kind of depends. But that one in particular, um, I started with that fourth thing, and then I did the chords, and then I did the lyrics. So one of the things that I kind of noticed, and I don't know if this was intentional or just comes across this way, but when you say flat. I it kind of j- this this kind of reinforced that thought is that I it, it feels like you're a lot farther away from the mic in in this song steal mm-hmm. the show as as compared to the next song cuz in the next song it's very isolated and it's and it's like your piano and your voice and oh the one's know, uh, lost at sea lost at sea thank you yeah yeah it, i mean we we can even hear you you take your breaths or or you mm-hmm. know it's it's very it seems very very like personal mm-hmm. and so i was just curious if that was like intentional or just came out that way considering the the nature of both of the songs it it fits so i don't know if that was something you just it just was serendipitous or you really were thinking okay i don't really know because i was like thinking about what order to put all the songs in because i had all these songs uh-huh. and i didn't i was like trying to put it on distro kid and put it out because i just wanted to get it out at that point i was like i'm not gonna try to take forever on this you know because i'm like definitely a perfectionist so i was like i need a stopping point so at this point i was just like trying to order everything out and i was like well if i'm gonna have a ballad i need to put it in the middle so that's why lost at sea was kind of like middle to end of the album you said like you could hear my breath in that one like mm-hmm. i think that was intentional i would edit out some of the breaths in the other songs just because it didn't really fit with the vibe i feel like i wanted it to sound like you were in like the same room and you were just right. like, listen to me play. But the other ones were like, I mean, there was definitely more production on the other ones. I mean, as you could possibly, as you could probably tell. So this was mimicking, or not mimicking, but you had, you know, the Beach House song, uh, mm-hmm. Space Song, in your mind uh, when you were writing this. I'm just curious, do you, do you have, do you prefer A major or is that just 
like sometimes I think about when I feel stuck, I, mm. I focus, I'm like, oh, well, let's just pick a key and pick a key for a reason. Mm. Um, like usually like a major in like the doctrine of affections is, is like this is more of this joyous or, or, um, what, I forget what, what it is, but it's supposed to be like celebratory. Hmm. Um, I didn't know that. And, uh, so I, I just, I, knowing the, the the reason that this song was written mm -hmm. and i uh so i guess i'm bringing this all back with the the close miking or is that this song even though you had you said you want it to be kind of flat but the the thing is is that one you've got this one it, you've you're using a key that i think of as very celebratory and it's mm -hmm. in like historically and you know broke period celebratory yeah, yeah. um and then you're Miking or or the sound is 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 not um how should I say is very uh like at a distance sounding like mm -hmm. it's it's v and the whole thing is very flat at the same time, yeah, but knowing the i I think some of that is given with kind of a wink and a nod in some ways, and yeah. um. All the things that I'm alluding to, if you want to give kind of a, a story as to what the the words about are about and yeah. um, just maybe even go into the into your background and journey and what started. Anyway, I'll ask sure. that as a good question at some point. OK, so most of the album is, you know, telling other people's stories as it as it is. You know, that's the title of the album. Uh, but I did want to have some more personal stuff in there. I mean none of the songs are like completely my story like i just want to say that because i think that's kind of the the uh i want to say assumption i guess that people have is that like oh well, she's got to have one song that's just her story on there right no not really you know because like even this one this one's really personal um it's half about me transitioning into the jazz department because i started at the university of illinois as a classical major classical piano major when i switched over there was a lot of i mean i didn't really know anybody you know it was scary and it's a male-dominated field definitely i kind of got a lot of people that were like getting called for stuff more than me and that still kind of happens sometimes but uh it's you know it's kind of hard to tell if that's because you're new or if it's because of the whole like male-dominated thing this was kind of my response to that where it was like it's it's a little facetious I don't know if you could right. catch on oh, to that. Yeah, yeah. Because yeah. <laughs> I'm not I'm not a quitter, you know. I don't I don't give up on things. You know? Right. I'm persistent when it comes to stuff that I like to do. Yeah, it was just kind of like you know, whatever. Like go ahead, take this thing that right. I like. Like go ahead, you know. I don't know. Half. I mean, it was half of that, and half of it was kind of just like if I had like a hypothetical situation of someone who was in this same situation. How would they say it? Was there a particular occurrence that triggered you, uh, like a moment that you said, "Okay, I just need to, I need to write something about this"? Because, like, did something just push you to? I don't think it was one particular thing. I just think there's been a lot of people in my classes who, I mean, you know, the kind of people who are just like they always raise their hand at every question and they always answer every single question. And like, and I, I don't know. I don't want to say I don't like those people because, like, I'm not. I'm not a, I don't know. I'm not a bitter person. I mean, right for the most part. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> you know, I some of it was kind of that. I was just like, honestly, I was just thinking. I was like, what can I possibly write about right now? I think it was just kind of a culmination of all those different things that I was like frustrated about. Yeah. And I was like, all right, let's make it into this one thing. 
and I think you said it, like, how long ago did you transition from classical into... I mean, how long were you in the classical program and then I, into So I'm a jazz? junior right now. Uh, I'm a junior at Illinois. I came in freshman year as a classical major. I, like, I did some jazz stuff freshman and sophomore year because, like, you have to take an ensemble if you're a right. performance major. So I did a jazz ensemble um, both those years. But then after a while, I was like, do I really like this classical thing anymore? Not really. Hmm. And I was just thinking about, like, practicality too like could I really find a job doing that you know would, at the places that I want to move to in the future probably not it was it was kind of partially the culture I guess of classical music that had me switch over because it's very perfectionist and I'm not saying that jazz music isn't because it definitely is like you really have to perfect your craft if you're gonna go play places but it was just a lot of unnecessary stress in the mm. classical world that I wasn't really into and it was I, I wasn't really I don't know. I wanted some creative freedom. And a lot of that is just like, play this music this way, the way it was written. But, you know, I mean, there's always different interpretations of jazz music. And you could take any song ever and make it into jazz. And you're 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 studying piano performance, is that right? Or you, yep. is it vocal? Okay. Yep, jazz piano performance. Jazz piano. Okay. And that was classical piano originally yes. as well? Okay. I was just curious if... if well, because this, this album has a lot of different sounds but you're you're doing that through soft sense keyboards kind of thing mm-hmm. okay i was just curious i don't know if you wanted to just talk about you know some of the choices that you made with you know how you wanted to arrange this it, it reminds me of a very 80s synth pop kind of song mm-hmm. and it's just very it's like as if the 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 cure went a little synthy and then got a little bit happier that's the best compliment um, i've ever received <laughs> yes <laughs> for a first effort for an album it's really well put together did you did you record this yourself and then put yeah. it together i did everything myself and um, it, like mixing and mastering and all that fun stuff yep i mean i took like i took like one mixing slash it was like a production class uh-huh. in my dorm freshman year in your dorm yeah i lived in uh allen hall and they oh have, they have a recording studio <laughs> in the basement okay okay so, <laughs> yeah. i was like what okay yeah no <laughs> yeah but i was like using the information there and honestly like youtube tutorials and just following wow. my ear Ah, that's so true. You know, um, I I had uh, Emily Ann uh, on on the show about two episodes ago. That was mm-hmm. episode twelve. She also did her own cording and then mixing down. You know, there's a lot of people that will spend a lot of money on getting compressors and mm-hmm. you know tube this and blah blah that and this condenser microphone and blah blah blah. Yep. But you know, if you know what you're going for and you you have a good ear and you can fix it with the eq or you can you just hear it you can Mm -hmm. really nowadays you can really it's not like you have to buy a reel-to-reel or or a tape that you know what i mean in order to record something it's an amazing time that people are able to do such like kind of polished work it it was it was kind of like that yeah because i was like Mm. well i've done classical i'm doing jazz like what if i just tried to put out a pop thing at first it started with an ep that i put out over the summer and three of the tracks on the album were on that ep and it was just those three so i put that out and i was like let's just try to do an ep you know that was my original plan was like let's just put out three songs that i feel really good about so i did that and then my friends were like oh my god when's the album dropping but they were like being serious like they weren't like Uh, joking yeah yeah. they were like no no really like when are you putting it out and i was like uh so i was like okay i guess i should probably do that so i just kept going 
<laughs> now there's pressure for your sophomore album, which you you said yesterday that you're I'm working, working on it. Yeah. Yes. Excellent. Very Going good. a little bit of a different direction, but it'll be similar, but not the same. Even with the sound on this one, that's just very steady. The the drum beat is very steady and just uh-huh. present. But I love how you'll end you'll end a phrase and then you'll just go into kind of a flourish on the synth like this mm-hmm. you know one of those arpeggios that it's just yep. you know very um that particular part took me forever just to figure it out because i was like i want something here and i want it to sound it's hard for me because i feel like pop music is so like there's always something in space everything is there for a reason it's very like planned out you know like when you take a break in a phrase there's something there waiting for you like to, to be mm. played during that space i was like this is a really long space. I don't want people to get bored, you know? I don't want it to sound yeah. stupid. I was like, do I put a chord there? Do I, like, add some extra lyrics? And originally, in that part, it's on the second verse. I know it's on the second oh. verse. It's um, there. I was going to say, you tore me apart. But then I thought about it, and I was like, that's kind of cheesy. I don't want to make it cheesy. I was like, what could I put here that doesn't sound strange? So I just thought of, like, I was like, oh, an arpeggio might be kind of cool. Because, like, I was in that space song mentality. And yeah. I was like, I want it to sound like stars. And, like, I want something to be sparkly in there. It's it's a great sound to it, too. Because it it's, like, it's dynamic. You don't just hit, you don't. You don't just have the same sound with every note. It's, and forgive me, because apparently I'm notorious for doing this. Um, notorious in my own mind. Nobody's <laughs> approached me and been like, you have got to stop naming parts of a song something that they're not. Okay. But... Um, and I have this thing where I typically call bridges when they're really actually just verses. But okay. I think between the two choruses at the end where you said, seems like um, I'll just be the opening act. I mean, you even you even change the chords that you're using through there. So mm-hmm. I do think of that as a bridge. It's a bridge. But, okay. Yay! It's definitely a bridge, Everyone yes. <laughs> vindicated. So how do you decide to like throw in that or or uh for me if i were to do a bridge or something um i'd be like okay how do i do how do i one change kind of what i've already done do i just change it to the relative minor or do i change it modally or do i you know mm-hmm. i mean uh did you have a thought process on that or is it something that like as you're singing it you're like okay, this is this just makes sense. Like, you hear it in your head, or did you... I'm curious if you're doing it from, like, a like a feel-out kind of uh, process, or you're doing it from, like, an analytical process. Mm-hmm. And, I, and, and I had mentioned earlier that sometimes I like talking a little bit more on the theory side of things. Of course, yeah. So I'm just curious how, what your approach in terms of, like, if if you're going to make a change, do you just feel it out on the piano and just, like, kind of let your hands fall on something or do you do you like think about it and go i'm gonna go here and here instead with this song in particular um i feel like i mean i I do play you know i play everything that i put in you know Mm -hmm. but a lot of it is penciling it in in the program because i use midi Mm -hmm. um so a lot of it is kind of like toying around with that honestly it it was kind of like i heard it in my head thing because i was like it needs a change here, but I want it to be some kind of suspended thing. I don't want it to be like, I, I don't know. You probably know what I mean when I say I, I don't want it to sound final. Okay. You yeah. know, I wanted there yeah. to, be, to be some tension and I wanted the end of the bridge to be like kind of the climax of the song. So 
I don't know how to describe it. I kind of wanted like a slow build in that section. It was kind of like an I heard it in my head type of thing. Cause like this particular song, I heard like the melody at that point. Uh-huh. And I was like, what could fit under this? So I spent like a bunch of time trying to reharmonize it and like see what would fit. And I decided on those chords. Excellent. And so you're just hooked up to your laptop or something like that mm-hmm. and just, okay. Yeah. I mean, I was, at, cool. I was at home for this album over the summer um but the new stuff is kind of weird to write because like i have my tiny room in my apartment mm-hmm. and i have this like little tiny corner that i make my music in so it's gotcha. just like this chair and the keyboard and like the computer and it's very condensed so i am playing a lot more of the stuff on this album and it's a lot of like sitting down and improvising chords because i'm trying to get a little more jazzy with my progressions because uh-huh. yeah. i feel like a lot of the stuff on the first album was kind of like four chord pop which isn't a problem, you know? It's right. fun. It's fun to sing. It's fun yeah. to play. It's fun to write. I want to get a little more complex, not crazy. You know, you got to play with some of the rhythms on this on this album, and, and you had that counterpoint, and, you know, like these polyrhythms where you have, you know, a different... <laughs> how, how do I explain this in a very quick way? <laughs> um, but y- you had some interesting rhythms, and it wasn't it wasn't just like a standard pop, kind of sound even though it it, it was a <laughs> it had a po- very pop sound but you also you threw in a few i don't know subtle subtleties yeah or not you know i wanted it to verge more on the side of indie pop rather than like commercial pop not that i don't like commercial pop because i love it don't get me wrong love me some ariana grande mm-hmm. love me some post malone nice but you know also love me some always yes i i was I didn't want to insult you because there is there is a there is you have one song on there that I was like that sounds like always is it ghost yeah that was inspired by always nice (laughs) so why don't you just say a little bit of something about what your your upcoming album and and what you're working on you said earlier that you're deviating from more of the pop sound Mm -hmm. with your new album Um, are we talking like is this going to be like a full-length album or mm-hmm. about the uh, okay yeah i mean i definitely want to make it longer because i feel like i was happy with the first one like i'm still very happy with the first one um but it's short you know for for a full-length album i feel like it's a little short it's like 30 something minutes 35 i think i don't know i wanted to get something more of like an hour right because you know? a lot of the albums i like are like 45 minutes or longer and i i like that i think it's a good it's a good time to have your attention captured and it's not too long to where it's like oh my god i want this to be over (laughs) with this with this upcoming album Mm -hmm. um you you played a song last night called brothers Mm -hmm. and tentative name tentative i'm sorry not sure but yeah it'll probably end up being called that you know i don't know if that was like that version was the hard and fast version that you're planning on like the pacing and everything but i did notice that this is like the the, compared to telling other people's stories you had a little scat there yes so so um uh, i'm sorry scat singing i gotta be very very careful (laughs) not that Uh, kind (laughs) yes a little you had a little bit of scat singing yes yes most of that okay so i started that song kind of as like a loop which is how i start most of my song and i'm kind of trying to get away from that because i listen back on some of my songs now and i i don't know i don't remember where i heard this but someone was saying that like you know it if it doesn't work on just piano and vocals it doesn't work as a song which i don't 
it's debatable, you know. But I was thinking about that a lot when I was playing my songs and like performing or uh, preparing for these performances where I'm just doing like me and piano. Yeah. Um, and I realized a lot of my stuff is very repetitive, like harmonically. You mean repetitive within the song, or do you mean repetitive within the song? Within, okay. Yeah. Because I was going to say, I don't know. No, I, I mean, I definitely tried to make every song very different from each other, but right. still cohesive, you know. I'm trying to keep that in mind, writing my new stuff, mainly just trying to like get a progression, but not really stick to it, you know? If mm. I hear something else, I'll add it. Anyway, with, with Brothers, tentative. I don't yeah. know, but uh, <laughs> we, uh, I, was, I was writing that one, and it started with a chord loop on Logic, and I was just kind of playing through it and like playing melodies over it to see what worked. Mm-hmm. I like thought of this guitar riff, and I was like, oh, that sounds really cool, but I don't play guitar. <laughs> so I was like, well, I could make a fake guitar sound, but eh, I don't know. Because I did that a couple times on my first, on, on telling other people's stories. I did uh-huh. a couple of fake guitar sounds, which I think came across pretty well. I tried really hard. Spent a lot of time. <laughs> they fit within the the sound of like a synth pop kind yeah. of. Yeah. So I mean, it wasn't. It, I wanted like it an didn't 80s hit style. you as like, ew. You yeah. know what I mean? Like sometimes yeah. some synth sounds you're just like, uh, it's just you're just trying to be something you're not. Yeah. So I heard in my head I was like, all right, cool. That'd be a cool guitar riff. But then I was practicing it for the performances that I've had so far. I was like, well, I don't have a third hand. So I can't really play that riff while I'm playing these chords. So uh, let's just sing it. So I did. So I did. And then I was like, well, what if instead of a bridge, I did like a solo? Because I, I kind of did that on a couple of my songs in the first album. And I was like, wait, but what if I did a vocal solo? So I did a vocal solo. And I like, wh- while I was practicing, and I was like, okay, I don't think that'd be too bad. Mm. So I tried it. Champagne is also a band podcast is proud to support Jubilee Cafe. Jubilee Cafe is a free weekly meal program at Community United Church of Christ, 805 South 6th Street in Champaign, Illinois. Jubilee Cafe serves a home-cooked meal from 5 to 6.30 each Monday. Their mission is to feed hungry people by cooking healthy, delicious meals and by serving their guests restaurant-style with servers waiting on tables. Jubilee Cafe is open to anyone who cares to eat with them. Because food insecurity among students is so high, they serve students as well as others in and around the Champaign-Urbana community who struggle with hunger. Meals are free to all and will be served each Monday evening, located in the accessible lower level of the building at 6th and Daniel Streets in Champaign. For more information on the meal or how to volunteer, Go to the Jubilee Cafe CUCC Facebook page or email them at jubilee.cafe at community-ucc.org. That's jubilee.cafe at community-ucc.org. So I guess uh, we can just move into the... The next section, which is like talking about the Champagne Urbana music scene, yeah, um, which you've experienced, and you have a show coming up with Ohm, and yes. is that Mermaid Heaven? Yes, yeah, at uh, the Iron Post on April twenty fifth. Yes, and um, that if you haven't, folks, if you haven't been out to the Iron Post, it's not a huge venue, but it's it it's a good place to see people and um 
be seen too i must say yeah it's gonna Um, be it's gonna be kind of weird because like i always play jazz there and i'm there like multiple nights a week to go see jazz and play jazz (laughs) so uh it's gonna be kind of weird not doing that there and i'm gonna be with my band who are all jazz majors oh oh, so you're actually playing as like a full band yes for this oh i'm very excited that should be really fun yeah so like just guitar bass drums piano yep nice that's yeah. gonna be great where where is your favorite place to go see music in champaign urbana honestly i really like exile on main street although there's a lot of solid walls for the sound to bounce off of it mm-hmm. just it's like the all that extra sound just gets you'd think that it would be deafening in there but it, no, it manages really nice. to like sound pretty good yeah 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 so. it was, it was kind of weird going from there to current art museum because like the acoustics yeah. are wildly different in both those places. Yes. Um, but did you notice that they have, on, like, the corners by the entrances, they've got little, like, bass traps? Do they? Yeah. Like, they're, uh, they were, like, white squares about a foot and a half. I didn't By a realize. foot and a half, like, that they had on, just on the wall. They were, like, three inches deep. I, I'm assuming that's what they were. But, I mean, they, they're they to absorb all the ambient stuff. Yeah. but. Yeah, I was gonna say like uh, it reminds me of when you're when you're singing in a in a big cathedral church. It's like you mm-hmm. have to you have to be so much more marcado and and because yes. it just bounces everywhere. And uh, yeah, there's like um, I have to say like one of my things uh, favorite things last night was um, <laughs> one of my favorite things last night was Asar um, who would finish a phrase and just have enough of a pause in there that you would just you would hear it echoing through yes. the different chambers I noticed that in, and I in the things that. and it was just so it was so neat yeah I love the way he used space um because he didn't have a track behind him so it was just it was you know just his voice yeah really cool the way he just you know let it ring yeah oh, although it, it you actually what it what it reminds me of is singing in the shower right because you just you have everything you know it, yeah you've got that that you don't feel naked wait that sounded weird but you don't feel naked uh <laughs> there's no good way to go into I get, this I get what you're trying but, to say, yeah. um because there's there's like um ah there we go you don't feel naked sonically yes in the shower yes um so I don't know <laughs> we seem to be going but anyway that is uh, Craner Art Museum managed to be uh, an amazing venue last mm-hmm. night and um, I don't know you you said Exile on Main Street is um, one of your favorite venues but yeah. anyone anywhere else or um, are you have you been going at all to any of the DIY locations like you know, you know? I'd really like to go out to more because uh I know Nectar plays a lot at those things. Love Camila. Love Nectar. You know, good, great band. Yeah, I need to go see more of that stuff. But I do, um, I mean, I like like the vibe of house shows, you know. Yeah. Um, I've only been to a couple, but, you know, I don't know. I'm not really like a big party person, so. Yeah. Well, I've never gotten, well, maybe, uh, I guess I haven't been to a ton of house shows, but... Mm -hmm. I guess I should say maybe more of the DIY um, shows, because sometimes when I say house shows, it's like 
like somebody's kind of just throwing it together and like, and let's like just a, let's an, sit an around and drink and then do it. it. Yeah. But like if it's DIY, it's like okay, we're doing this as if we're legitimate, straightforward, right? Um, organized venue, mm-hmm. and I I feel like a lot of those 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 venues that are DIY manage to not have as much of that party vibe but more of like yeah. you know so I, it, granted it is kind of that BYOB kind of yeah. um setup but I don't yeah I don't really get it just feels like people that want to just come out and hear some good music you right. know well like and, I don't uh, know if the independent media center counts as that as like the DIY scene kind of thing during Pygmalion I saw uh, Frankie Cosmos there um during the day on Saturday and then I saw Post Animal at night and it was like two wildly different shows but oh my god they were so good I mean Post Animal was like the highest Mm. energy show I've ever been to on campus really yeah and it was like this tiny I mean I don't know if you've been to the media center but like the stage is like you know two feet off the ground and Mm -hmm. people were like moshing like crazy and it was it was so fun yeah I guess Independent Media Center is one of my favorites too just because it's so like you know you're right there yeah it's definitely a venue that we mentioned a lot on this show and there's so many really cool aspects to what they do in i i want to say literally in service to the community yes you know where it's outreach it's about support it's about Mm -hmm. helping people find their voice it's about people having a good place to to meet and exchange things culturally and you know so um, it doesn't surprise me that you could have these wildly different shows mm-hmm. and why people do, uh, and, and I agree with you that you could even consider it a DIY scene. Champagne is also a band podcast is proud to support Exile on Main Street. Exile on Main Street, located in the old train station building at 100 North Chestnut Street in downtown Champaign, has been helping to build record collections since 2004. Carrying a wide array of new and used LPs, CDs, and video games. Exile on Main Street has something for just about any music enthusiast and old school gaming devotee. Exile also hosts regular free live music shows on its stage, so be sure to check out their Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter pages for the up-to-date details on the next upcoming event. Open seven days a week. They can be reached by phone at 217-398-MAIN. That's 217-398-6246. Zoe, what is your favorite non-musical thing? Oh my god, that's so hard. Well, you could say your top (laughs) five if you'd like, or top 20, or your top 100. Well, we don't have time for that, but (laughs) top five, at least. I gotta think about that, because I feel like most of what I do is musical. It's hard to separate myself from that, you know? Why don't we just deviate and be like, so when did you pick up playing the piano? So, all right. It was a little different because I feel like Uh a lot of people's parents force them to play. Uh Uh-huh. But I actually asked for lessons for my eighth birthday. (laughs) Really? Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. So there was just something about the piano that reached out to you. And and did you you actually play on a, like, 
a piano piano or did you have a keyboard that you did you at that point force your parents to buy you a piano (laughs) well (laughs) i mean so i started classical lessons when i was eight and originally we had an upright it was like a refurbished upright i'm pretty sure (laughs) when i got to like high school my teacher was like yeah she can't play on an upright anymore because i was playing like hardcore classical pieces grands and uprights are not the same (laughs) no at all sound wise so even i mean even the pedals are different like like the uh the middle pedal i don't know the technical term for it but (laughs) on my upright it lowered a cloth in front of all the hammers so it'd make it quieter but on an actual piano if you're like already playing a note and you press the uh middle pedal it'll hold down that note and then all the other notes aren't held down the the left one is the one that moves over and only plays two strings instead of three like so the far right Mm -hmm. is the one that just opens it up yeah so that they all sustain yeah and then the far left is the one that that shifts the hammers over yeah yeah and then the middle one is that really it's like half sustain i guess if you if you're already holding down a note you can it'll sustain it which is helpful for jazz practice pro tip yeah because if you're playing a bass note and you don't want your right hand to muddy up so i employ that a lot when i'm practicing so but it it's only when you initially step down on it i always was curious about that because i i knew that it sustained but i didn't understand exactly what what the process was oh okay yeah Yeah, so you can just have that, like, you can hit that, like, the pedal tone and then move on to other things, and that pedal tone will just hold on to that note. Yep, but none of the other and stuff then, will. Right. Yeah. Oh, kick ass. Yeah. Like that. I mean, some awful pianos will do, will still hold it down, but. I was, I'm sorry, I so wanted to just make a crack about, like, you just can't, you can't have a prepared piano in an upright. All the nuts will just fall down to the bottom. Right, right. right. So, so you, you know, if you want a prepared piano, that would be really, oh, <laughs> no, I'm just thinking of, of, like, of actually going for piano lessons where it's like, yeah, I teach prepared piano, so it's like, <laughs> this is unacceptable. All the nuts are just falling down to the, yeah. My roommate's actually playing a piece by uh, Henry Cowell. Oh. It's called, I think it's called the Alien Harp, but he uses, like, the chords from Chopin's Alien Harp Etude. What, what you have to do is you have to, like, you hold down the pedal, and you lightly depress the notes that you want to sound. You go in the inside of the piano, and you pluck all the strings like a, like a guitar you like strum all this all the strings oh. and only the ones that you're you're lightly depressing will play so it'll sound all you'll hear all the strumming but only the ones that you want to sound will sustain that's beautiful yeah yeah i'm picturing that it sounds really cool you asked for lessons at the age of eight and then when did you decide i want to make a career out of this i want to like pursue this i think this is something that i want to do i had i think three different teachers at the same studio like during elementary school and middle school and then in high school i was like okay i want to get serious about this so i was like i want a really strict teacher that's gonna like make me do my shit i don't know if i can say that oh yeah no this is is, oh yeah no (laughs) this is yeah i i was going to recommend that you swear more just okay. because, um, no, I'm just I kidding. Can but do yeah, that. I mean, you can, yeah, no, I have that. it so that it's all explicit and that kind of thing. So, okay, it's cool. It's, yeah. I'm, I got a free pass now. So, yeah, I got to high school and I was like, all right, I want to get serious and mm-hmm. I want to get a lot better at classical piano. And it's kind of the only thing I can see myself doing with a car- career right now. Like, 
I, for a while, I was thinking about doing, like, forensic science, which is, like, so weird to me now, because I wouldn't even think of doing that. I mean, I've always been interested in, like, true crime type stuff. Right. But, like, not enough to the point where I, like, would want to be in a lab, like, working on that kind of thing. I'm from St. Louis. I started studying with a professor at University of Missouri-St. Louis. I was, like, dual enrolled as a college student in that. So I had to do, like, juries and everything, like, play for the professor's, like, finals. When I was, like, applying for colleges, I was like, all right, now I got to figure out what I want to major in. (laughs) So I was like, do I want to do, like, piano performance? Or do I want to do, like, music ed? Or do I want to do... I knew I wanted to do some kind of music because I feel like I would be miserable if I did anything else. Right. Quite honestly. Just because, like, I can't see myself like sitting in an office unless it's like music related you know you know i could work for like a recording company that'd be great as long as it has something to do with music you know so i stuck with piano performance and then i got into it and i was like this is not for me (laughs) just the classical part going from your sophomore to junior year that's when you like uh the classical just isn't it isn't doing yeah. For me. Did you actually try romantic music at that point instead I, of sticking with classical? I was doing a lot. I'm yeah, I'm, I'm not even going to lie. I was like, I was like trying to ask for like multiple different periods of music because mm-hmm. I was like, maybe it's just the stuff that I'm playing that I don't like that much. But uh, even when I played some like more modern type classical music, I, I, I don't know. Yeah. I don't know how I don't know how you would call it. Yeah, it's, I know it's what you mean. Modern, I, I was just going to tease because I was just No, gonna, I, I get what you're saying, but yeah. But really, did, though, I did Impressionism to, and whole tone scales just didn't do it for you anymore? Dude, I love Ravel, though. Uh-huh. Yeah, Ravel, yeah. Oh, Ravel's my shit. WC, man, good stuff. Mm. But yeah, still, I was just kind of like, I don't know. And for a second there, I was like, maybe I should double major in it. So like, I applied to double major in jazz and classical. They I got call in. that jazzical. They do. Knew that. They really do. Do they really? <laughs> no, they don't. <laughs> <laughs> you got me. You really got me. I did. Okay. <laughs> but yeah. Uh, <laughs> nice. Sorry. It's okay. I was like looking into the logistics of everything and I was like, I'm going to have to do two junior recitals, two senior recitals. Like they wouldn't let me merge them. And that's like full preparation. You you spend like That's like an hour forever. each. Yeah. Yeah. The minimum for those is like an hour of music. So <laughs> I was like, well, do I really want to hate myself for two years? And I would have had to say for five years, too. So yeah. do I want to hate myself for three years? Oh. Not really. <laughs> so I was like, well, if I'm going to pick, I would pick jazz. So I picked jazz because I feel like if you played, if you can play jazz, you can play anything. If you have the theoretical yeah. knowledge, like you could just lend yourself to other genres, I think. There's a precision and imprecision that mm-hmm. is found in jazz that doesn't necessarily get matched with classical. Right. You know? Because I feel like classical music is all about perfection. Like, And, I mean, I've talked with this about my friends in the music department. Is like, it gets to be kind of toxic at times. And I'm not saying that mm. it's a bad place. I'm not saying it's a bad thing to make a living out of or it's a bad thing to do because i you know it's it's very commendable i think right but for me personally like i already have enough perfectionism issues (laughs) so you know yeah so is there a particular you know jazz musician or composer or that that like really floats your boat or is is kind of your inspiration for 
Yeah, so when I was starting uh, jazz, well, okay, I did some in high school, but it wasn't like, I wasn't serious about it, you know? I was just yeah. like, haha, I'm going to play some blues, haha. Um, <laughs> but I didn't really like it until I got to college, I'll say it that way. When I started taking lessons, I took lessons with the TA the first two years. He was great. And he introduced me to Sonny Clark, this jazz mm. pianist. And I, like, immediately loved his style. Because there's one particular record, Sonny Clark Trio, Rudy Van Gelder edition. The cover is, like, white with, like, a green and yellow and red piano keyboard. It's really cool. It's all, like, jazz standards. Like, there, I don't think there were any originals on that record. Something about the way that he played and like his harmonies and something about the way that the record was mixed it was just like warm i guess you could say I got it. and it's yeah. just it was a it's a great record like i still listen to it all the time and i i've actually thought about doing that entire record for my senior recital is it is, is it vocals too or no it's just piano like trio. Just piano. Uh. piano trio yeah so it's him i want to say paul chambers and philly joe jones i'm not sure about that okay. i should know that but yeah so it's just like you know the personnel is stacked you know how recent is that oh it's old it's like from the 50s 50s 60s um i think it's i think it's a blue note record any others that you i'm really inspired the bad plus it's like a modern jazz trio they recently just switched out their pianist actually i took a trip to new york with my parents for winter break last year so 2017 17 yeah so uh we saw the Bad Plus while we were in New York at the Village Vanguard, which was awesome. Loved it. Um, but that was when they still had their um, previous pianist, Ethan Iverson. And I think that was one of their last performances with him. And then we saw them again in January, this January, the new pianist. And the, the dynamic was definitely different, but it was like really interesting to see how they played the same music with different stylistic interpretations. Yeah. Well, Zoe... Thank you so much for coming out to yeah, Sidoris and talking talking with me about your music and playing piano and why um, why jazzical is not a real thing. And uh, you know, I'm I'm looking forward to hearing what new things are coming out with the new album and you're actually thinking this year though or something or I'm hoping so, yeah. All right. Thank you for coming out. Thank you. Thank you for listening to Champagne is also a band podcast. This is Zoe reminding you, great music is out there. Go find it where you live. You almost have an NPR voice, it's so good.